All right, y'all. Welcome back to the Bless Beyond Measure podcast. I'm your host, CL The Source, your friendly neighborhood hope dealer. I'm here with a special guest today. Her name is Stacy Danielle. She just told me I could just call her Stacy the whole time now. <laughs> so um, today we got she's a real cool guest. Uh, she was featured on my man Trev Smooth's podcast recently, uh, Chew the Fat with Trev Smooth. And, you know, uh, me and her have been connected on Instagram for a few weeks now. Her content is really great stuff. I took a look at all of the work that she's doing and really just found her so fascinating and interesting. And I really wanted to get her on this podcast to get to know her more and ask her some real cool questions because um, a lot of her work deals in mental health and a lot of healing. And um, her brand is titled Reclaimed, as you can see on her sweatshirt. It's a beautiful sweatshirt, by the way. And um, she's just a really beautiful soul. And I really just kind of wanted to get to know her. Stacy Danielle, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, it's it's sunny, so I can't ever complain about that. Nice, nice. And she's joining us from Los Angeles, California, correct? Yeah, right now and I'm in LA. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. And um, before we get started, I just wanted to shout out my boy, OG Hatch. This is something I want to add to the podcast going forward is just checking in with my guest. Uh, I just want to check in. Would you see how you're doing? from a mental health standpoint, can you share a little bit about how you're doing today? Um, yeah, I think for the most part, I'm pretty good mentally. Yeah. Just kind of getting my day started for the most part, just rolling with it, open to the possibilities of today. (laughs) I love that. I love that. It's important to remain open, right. In terms of just receiving from the universe. Um, I don't know if you really on that spiritual wavelength, I'm sure we'll get to know that at some point. But yeah, I, I fully agree. But um, anyway, Stacy, thank you once again for joining us. I really appreciate your time. I'm fully aware that time is our most valuable asset. I know you got two kids. I know you're busy building your brand. You're doing your thing. So, you yeah. know, time is important. So thank you so much for spending your time with us. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I definitely appreciate it. Like I said, you know, I've looked at your stuff, your content, and yeah, I was just super moved by it. Like I was on Trey's podcast and I was like, you know, it's, it's nice to like one, just build a network of connections of different people, but also just, you know, hearing other people's stories is always something that I enjoy doing. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've been excited about this since we set this up last week. I was like, yeah, well, you know, we've been following each other for a minute now, but after really kind of getting to know you um, from Trev's um, podcast, I was just like, man, yeah, I got to get her on my podcast. I got some questions that I kind of want to ask you (laughs) and stuff like that. I know that um, I think you mentioned you're studying to be a therapist. Is that is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I have a bachelor's in psychology, a master's in social work. And so it's just more so in a sense of just getting like the licensing done in order to become a therapist. So um, yeah, like my main focus, like honestly, even through my undergrad was like social psychology. Like I just, I'm so fascinated by people Mm -hmm. and just the way they like operate in social settings that has like always been like just kind of like me as an observer. Um, And so I did a lot of like social work in the community, like helping out the homeless population, getting them into supportive housing, um, which I genuinely enjoyed doing. But there was, even though I was working on like such a micro aspect of it, um, 
I didn't necessarily want to stay in social work. Like I really felt more called to like the clinical approach of things of like actually working on that person's like mental health. Like how can we actually get you to a place of stability, like within your mind and your own existence. So then that way we can prevent this from moving forward. So that was a huge focus point of me. It was like, yes, I love the advocacy aspect of social work, but like being able to like meet with my clients because I had to meet with them monthly or, you know, bi-weekly, depending on what their needs were. Um, there was just that like connection of being able to connect one-on-one more intimately and like really helping them like discover like who they are and like why, you know, they've done these patterns and gotten them into a state of homelessness or, you know, drug use and stuff like that. So that's something that like, I want to continue doing. I don't know if I would, you know, like be a like practicing, practicing therapist because you know, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the politics in, in regards to that. And obviously there's a lot of stuff I don't agree with, but yeah, I think it's nice or whatever to have that as an aspect, especially in terms of, I know a lot of people do coaching, but, um, and whatever they are certified for that. But I think there's, there's still an element of like, okay, like I know what I'm talking about, right? Like I know how to like treat this like clinically that makes you feel like a little bit more authentic to it. So yeah. Right. You're coming from that human standpoint rather than from just the, uh, you know, the clinical standpoint that you just referred to. I appreciate that. And, you know, like it's it's interesting, like I, you mentioned um, politics within, um, you know, therapy. Like, what, can you kind of allude to that a little bit more? Just kind of like, uh, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I yeah. So I'm I'm. I just, I think I just have like different views, right? Like I'm not a fan of like medications Mm. um, in general. Like I don't take medicine myself, like down to like an antibiotic or like a pain pill. Um, I genuinely believe that like nature is our medicine. Mm. And um, in terms of like depression and stuff like that, like we, we consume millions of energies like every single day, like through our fingertips, like through Instagram, um, the shows that we watch. And I feel like these are directly rated related to like anxiety and depression, not to mention food is processed so differently now and days. Um, and this like plays a part, right? So like I'm vegetarian and for a while I was vegan completely. And I realized how much like it shifted my moods and my energy. Like I had more energy. I had more, um, I wasn't like, as like moody or whatever the case might be like I was able to actually get through a complete day like feeling healthy um and not to mention like working out so I think these all like our environments and um the energies that we consume through our food or our social media like really plays a part into our the decline of our mental health so yeah I'm not like oh I I get right the chemical imbalance and stuff like that but I feel like the chemical imbalance is created <laughs> by what we're doing and by what we're consuming. So that's what I mean by the politics of it. Like, wow. I have to be like, wow, you have depression. Like let's, let's treat your depression, like with a pill, like let's give you antidepressant. Like I'm not for that. I'm like, no, what are you doing every day? Like, are you waking up in the morning? Like, are you eating a healthy breakfast? Like, are you working out? Like what's your environment? Like who, who are around you? That's like playing into this. So yeah. Wow. I, I, I'm so glad you said that because um, I couldn't agree more. 
And honestly, like when I wasn't too familiar with therapy, I used to kind of shun it. I was like, yo, like, I'll, I'll be real. Like somebody close in my life that was going through some stuff decided to go through therapy. And I was like, why do you need to go through ter- therapy? You know, like I'm, I'm cut from the old school kind of where it's just like you pick up and move forward type shit. You know what I'm saying? And you just kind of, um, and I was just like therapy, like, why are you going to go to therapy? They're just going to medicate you. They're just going to drug you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why are you going to do that? And like, I was fearful of that. Now I'm glad you said that because I fully understand like, you know, with, this is like this can be like a whole nother discussion in terms of genetically modified organisms, how the food is raised out here and what that does to your body and from a chemical standpoint. And just, you know, I firmly believe in that whole holistic approach, as it seems that you do, too, like just moving your body, fasting when you need to eating good, clean, healthy foods, drinking water, fruits, vegetables that could be like our medicine, you know what I mean? In terms of like helping us feel a lot healthier. So what you said is super important. And I'm glad that there are people like you um, that are going to take that approach because there are some doctors, I'm sure, as you kind of just pointed to, that'll just be like, oh, you have this, let me just give you this. And, and, you know, and then they kind of become dependent on that drug. And then you got a whole another problem, right? Yeah. It's a bandaid. Like I, I just feel like it's a bandaid. It's like, okay, take this. And then you end up having to take like five different medications in order to like balance out that one. And it's just, it's not getting to the root of the problem. Like right. essentially you're numbing the in- individual. So then that way they can um, cope with their depression or their anxiety rather than actually get to the root of the issue. So mm-hmm. I just think it's an appropriate approach and not to like shame all therapists, right? Like I, I like go to therapy, like I absolutely adore my therapist, but I think there are a lot of people who inappropriately do it. They're, they're all about pushing medications and big pharma, (laughs) big pharma is definitely a real thing. Like we, we're definitely going to keep bringing in those billions of dollars every single year (laughs) to them, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, and that could be another discussion too. I'm sure <laughs> exactly. that we can honestly like, do so many <laughs> different episodes. Let me not episodes. get myself into a hole. I'm trying to get people to like me. <laughs> no, no, but I, I feel you 100%. I've got some thoughts on that stuff too, which is why like, I really just kind of focus on trying to be that change myself rather than like attack the industry at whole. I'd rather just kind of lead by example. And I'm pretty sure you are too. You do too, because you just said that you we're vegan and you're vegetarian right now. And you know, you exercise and like, you can really kind of speak from that standpoint on how beneficial that can be. And you, you pointed to it again, just getting to the root of the problem rather than just putting a bandaid on it. And I think that's super important. So in learning about mental health, like how did you kind of come to that place? You know what I'm saying? Like, like what kind of pushed you in that direction to want to, um, kind of understand well first of all understand that that's the root of the problem and and then make that kind of your approach um well I like I actually started taking like an advanced placement psychology class in um high school and I was like very active back then right and um there was obviously a lot like I mean you heard Trev's like interview, there was so much going on in my life at that time, but like, I genuinely felt healthy, right? Like I didn't feel like my circumstances were as big as they were, but there was also an element of like, I was in three different sports. Um, I was 
obviously eating as healthy as I can, like as a teenager. Um, and I genuinely felt good. Um, and I think as I started, you know, experiencing more life, um, and realized like what I was consuming in those moments or like what I was doing in those moments, that was really the decline of like my mental health. And then when I moved to Virginia and had this entire, like, I don't know, healing process of me, like running every day, meditating, like in the morning and the night, like I felt clear. Um, and then, you know, then I introduced like processed foods. Right. And then my environment shifted to where I was like in an abusive house and realizing like all of these different elements of my life of like how different things were in these different times. And I'm like, okay, what, when did I feel the most clear? Um, and I always felt the most clear when I was like genuinely moving my body and when I was healthy and when I was actually in a safe environment. <laughs> um, and so for me, that was like always like my big focus and not to mention, like, I believe in God too. So like, I genuinely believe in like you know, spirits and demons and stuff like that. Um, and when I worked at the mental health hospital, it was really hard for me to like separate, um, like people's, you know, diagnosis from like what I believe to be true. Oh. Um, and especially in terms of myself, right. Like, cause I had to heal myself. Um, and yeah, I think just from there, I just like started rolling out with it and I just, wanted to learn more and I wanted to keep learning more. I wanted to learn more about like people's dynamics and their families and stuff like that. And I don't know, I just kind of, I guess I just like, it's always been a mirror for me, like my environment versus other people's environments. Like I always say like, what makes people more resilient than others? And unfortunately, I think people who have this like poverty mindset end up staying in that. And that's what forces them to be less re like resilient than others. So, yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. And you touched on a lot of different things there. Um, and I was curious about um, some of those traumatic moments that you went in your life. Um, and you, you referenced it in um, the podcast you do with Trev. So anybody that wants to get to know Stacy on that level, just hit up Trev's podcast. I'll put the links in the show notes, but um, I wanted to ask you in some of those most traumatic moments, like what were some of the most important lessons that you pulled out of that? Um, you know, I think some of the most important lessons that I've probably learned through those is like the, the power of strength, right. Or the power of like actually believing in something. Um, I think once I was able to like really embody like my faith and like genuinely believe that like God would never like put me in position or whatever, that he didn't like intend to like bring a lesson out of it. It really like gave me the grace to power through those moments. Um, and then realizing that like, I, I, I'm genuinely like never alone, um, is something that like, I think I've always learned, right? Like, I think, you know, it, when we are going through circumstances in our life, we, we tend to isolate a little bit more, um, or we feel like people don't understand or they don't get it. Um, but yeah, just like the power of community and realizing that like 
even if there's not necessarily a community where you feel like you can like actually open up about that stuff, it's like God is always there or the universe, right? Whatever people believe in, um, God is always there, like willing to like listen to us and like help us and give us direction. Wow. Great answer. And thank you for that. You know, and um, I, I have to agree in terms of, you know, you're never really alone, you know, when you like love yourself, right? When you're, even when you're feel like you're alone, just getting to know yourself, like is, is a exercise that you could do. Like when you have time on your hands, right. And I'm not quite sure if that's exactly what you were like referring to, but no, that's kind of what I got from what you said in terms of, you're never really alone. And then like you mentioned, God, like there's always this infinite intelligence, this infinite energy, whether you call it the universe, God, whatever, you know, Jehovah, any name you want to give it, there's something that's greater. And I think that you're never really alone. Um, and, you know, I was curious with you, Stacy. Um, you also talked about it earlier. Um, you had to heal yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, how did you, how did you begin healing yourself? What, what were like some of the things that you did to get that, get the wheels in motion? I, I genuinely had to sit in everything that was uncomfortable for me. (laughs) Um, I, I think there was an element of me, even though like, I wasn't much like of a dater, like that wasn't my thing. Um, but there was always someone like within my vicinity, right? Like someone I was like either talking to or engaging to or whatever, sleeping with. Um, and I genuinely had to get to a place where I had to release all of that. Like I literally had to be by myself and sit with being uncomfortable. And through that, I was like, okay, like what makes me like when I left, when I first left my husband, I was like, I didn't have my kids as much. And I was like, what do I enjoy doing? (laughs) Like genuine, like I was like, I, I didn't even know who I was. Um, and so I, I started there. Like I started just sitting by myself. I started like going to restaurants by myself. I started drawing, like picking up all of these different new talents and stuff like that. And that was genuinely healing because I was now in a place where even though I felt like I was wounded, like I felt more at peace with being wounded or like facing the obstacles that were like presented to me because I was sitting in this power of like, wow, I finally know who I am. Like, I finally know what makes me happy. Um, And I think that's where it started. But then I started like unpacking all of the things that I weren't, wasn't right. Like that, like trauma, like pushed on me that the world pushed on me. And from there, I was like, okay, so if that's not who I am, right? Like, let's take piece by piece, all of these things that I've told myself over the years that I was, and like, let's really start to begin to reform this identity of who I was innately before all of these like circumstances, like went into play. Um, so yeah, so I did a lot of that. Like, what are, what, what do I actually need? Right. Like, what are my values? Like, what are my morals? Like, how do I show up in relationships? Like, um, really uncovering like different aspects of like, you know, okay, am I an anxious attacher? Like, am I avoiding an attacher? Um, 
and just, and just really like starting to form boundaries with myself and the relationships around me. So then that way I can genuinely grow. Wow. That's incredible. Like, I mean, as you were telling it, as you're saying that I was thinking like, especially like when I first started kind of getting to know myself, I used to be afraid to do that. I used to be afraid to just like be on my own and like be with my own thoughts. Cause I'm, a, you know, I, I was an overthinker for so long. So like a lot of the shit that went through here was like, damn, why are you thinking like that? You know what I'm saying? And like, so I was curious for you, like, um, how did you summon up that courage to, to just be, be on your own and, and get to know yourself, especially when you said you had a lot of people around you a lot, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I guess I didn't really have, like, I didn't really have a choice. And it's, it's actually funny because I say this, like I, when I first, like when I first left my husband, um, or for the second time, then the pandemic hit. And even before that, I was basically like working like three different jobs. Like I had a full-time job and I had two part-time jobs. There were some times where I would literally leave my full-time job, go to one of my part-time jobs and then go work an overnight and then go to my like full-time job again. And I was doing that consistently. And that's because I was running for myself. Like I was running from like all of these fears of like, um, yeah, all of these fears that were presented in that moment, like such as him, like trying to take you know, the custody of the kids and stuff like that. Like I was genuinely like, I didn't want to be at home. I didn't want to be in the pandemic hit. And so then I lost both of my part-time jobs and I only had my full-time job. And I was literally like sitting at home, working from home. And I was like, like literally like losing my mind. Right. Because I, I am more of an introvert. And, um, even with that, there was still an element of people still being around every day that I would pass. Um, and so I was like, okay, like, what is God like teaching me? And I was Mm -hmm. like, I didn't have a chance to run anymore. Like I was genuinely having to be presented with everything that I was Mm -hmm. like running away from in that moment. So it was like, thank God for the pandemic, because I don't know if I would have actually grown the way that God intended me to during that period, if I would have been like still working on autopilot. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, first of all, it's good to hear that some good came out of the pandemic, (laughs) right? (laughs) And you know, it's funny. Well, not really funny, but I'm pretty sure that you can relate to what I'm about to say is like, I, I gained so much from this pandemic myself in terms of getting to know myself. This podcast was birthed from this from the pandemic it's about to hit two years in april so um it it was at the very beginning of the pandemic right in april actually of 20 uh was it 2020 yeah 2020 when the pandemic first hit it's even a trip to even just say that right like we've been in this like shelter in place pandemic whole situation for that long but yeah i mean for you i'm just so glad that like that happened for you and within saying that did you, did you, when did you kind of like understand that stuff is happening in your life for you so that you can kind of come to these revelations that you kind of came to? Cause you, you kind of alluded to it. You were just like, yeah, it, it happened for a greater reason, right? Like you were confronted with all the things that you were like distracting yourself from, from working three jobs and everything like that. So when did you realize it was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta just, I gotta deal with this shit. Um, I think pretty early, I think for the first month, I definitely was like pushing like 
screaming or like, you know, and whatever. Like I was definitely like, I don't want to do this. Like, what, what do I need to do? But I think, you know, probably two months in, I was like, okay. Right. Like I'm all about like, and I've always been more of an optimistic person. Um, and I think that's what's allowed me to like power through my life so much is like, okay. Like I always see the bigger part of it. Like, okay, maybe that didn't work out or whatever. Let's keep pushing. Let's keep mm-hmm. moving. Right. Like what else can I do? Um, how can I grow from this? But I think through that, I was like, like what, what's what's actually been presented to me like right like what like what are the patterns or whatever of my life that have led me to this place and I'm you know like I'm in the process of writing a book and one of um one of the chapters is you can run but you can't hide and um a lot of my life I've done like a lot of running um you know, from like running away at an early age, or um, if things get hard, I'll be like, I don't have to do with this, deal with this, right? Like, I don't want to do this. And that's my avoidant attachment is like, I like, for me, I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to disconnect from the situation rather than like actually address it. And that's something that I'm still processing and like trying to heal through. Um, But it's true, like, you can't, you can only run for so long before life is going to be like, yo, like you better respond or like, I'm going to like respond for you. Mm. And I genuinely believe that like, even our bodies, right? Like when we're working on autopilot and we're like, okay, I feel a little sick, but I'm going to keep moving. Like, no, like our immune system is genuinely going to like shut down because we need that rest. We need that break. And that's essentially what I needed to do in that moment. Like I needed that rest. I needed that break. And unfortunately life circumstances forced me to take that break and go inward. Wow. Wow. That's so true. What you just said in terms of, you know, your body will just kind of whisper to you, like I'm fatigued, I'm exhausted right now before you actually have to deal with, something more serious right and if you don't pay attention you're going to be confronted with something even more serious so well that's incredible that you said that and you know like you again going back to your your episode with trev i i learned so much about you and i i gotta commend you stacy honestly you're such a strong person and just like for you to just like maintain this vibrant radiant spirit that you have and be that that like strength for your kids you know what i'm saying and for yourself obviously and just really stand in your own power. That's a beautiful thing to see. And, and honestly, it's like, I'm curious from, cause you clearly were the victim in a lot of situations in your life, really tough situations. Again, I don't really want to kind of um, open it up too much because it's all on the podcast and I don't really want, you know, have to, you, you don't have to repeat yourself, but I'm curious having gone through all of those experiences And just kind of, like I said, you were the victim in so many of those times. How did you kind of remove yourself from that victim mindset, though? Because you clearly are not the victim anymore. You're like, I'm reclaiming myself, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I think for me, like, I've never, like... I've never held on to that. Um, I've, I think I've talked about it before, like in one of my posts, um, where I think a lot of, 
a lot of who I have and how I've been able to like show up consistently in, in body strength has been someone has it worse than me. Right. And so many people are like, so many people are offended by that because they think that it's dismissive or it Mm -hmm. undermines trauma, but it's genuinely true. Right. Like I, like, I don't like, I don't have to attach myself to a mindset or a mentality in order to appease the world. Right. It's like, sure. Yeah. I can be a victim. I can be a survivor, but like for me, like I, like my strength is genuinely from God. So it's like, it, I, it's not about like being a survivor. It's about sharing a story and about like allowing people to grow past that mentality. Um, I like, I'm, you know, I use people used to be like, Oh, you should join like these support groups. And I'm like, why? So we can like wellow in the moment. Like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to sit <laughs> in a room full of people who are feeling sorry for themselves. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have a backup. Like I am the backup. <laughs> like I don't, I don't have anybody to lean on. Like I genuinely have to keep pushing, right? Like my kids rely on me to c- keep pushing. So it's like for me to bask in this idea of being a victim or being a survivor isn't conducive to my growth. It isn't conducive to my healing. Um, and so I think, unfortunately, my dismissive <laughs> mentality in that way has genuinely helped me continue to grow out of that mindset, but also taking accountability of like the moments where I was wrong, right? Like I, you know, my first um, video that I posted on YouTube is all about having self-awareness and being able to take, take accountability. Like I'm not perfect. Like I'm a flawed human being. And, um, I, you know, I just, I can be just as guilty in any situation that I've definitely been in and stuff like that. So obviously outside of me being a child, because that, that had nothing to do with me, right? Like you can't control that situation, but like, yeah, I just, I think being able to be like, okay, what was, what have my roles been in this situation too? Like, how can I offer grace to myself and how can I offer grace to the other person? Um, has definitely powered through. That, that takes an incredible amount of strength. I got to say, and you mentioned God several times throughout our conversation thus far. And you mentioned also that your, your strength genuinely comes from God. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, Now I'm curious because you did also talk about something in the podcast with Trev where your father was um, a pastor, right? Mm -hmm. And I think at a point you weren't really believing in God. Is that, is that correct? And did you ultimately just really like refine God or something like that? Or. Yeah. So I think um, because, you know, like my dad like struggled with the drug addiction, um, and me being raised in the church, I really, I was just like, how does somebody who has so much God in them, like do this to their family? Um, and so I think I was just like, went on this, nope, I don't believe in God, right? Like I reveled out. I definitely did what I wanted to do. But then I had this moment where um, my ex brought me to the Basilica in Minnesota. And um, we were just like, whatever, like touring it or checking it out. And I felt such this strong presence. And I was like, 
and I felt it before, right? Like I felt the Holy spirit before as a kid. And it was just, I was like, I feel like God, like God is calling me. And so whatever, we end up going back home to LA and, um, then we end up like moving to Nevada. And so we started going to church again. And so that's when I like rededicated my life to God, but it's like, I think part of me was like, I don't know if I ever actually didn't believe in God. I think there was just so much anger and resentment for my dad that pushed me away from God. Um, And yeah, so I think that's how I got back to it, right? Like, I think the Bible says, like, raise a child in the ways that they should go and they shouldn't depart from it. And so my dad, he genuinely did instill like faith in us in um spirituality and that's just something unfortunately that just like stuck with me and I've just been through way too many situations like too many close to death situations for me not to believe that there's a god um or just these miraculous situations where um I've genuinely kept increasing right like as I've trusted god as I really like listen to what he wasn't and I wasn't like rooted in fear like he's continued to increase me like over the years and so my faith is a huge part of like who I am that's a beautiful thing that's a beautiful thing is um now now I'm curious um you do got two little ones two uh cute little ones I know that they came in during the podcast episode (laughs) that was such a cute little moment there um I'm curious about your parenting style because in knowing kind of how you were raised and stuff like that and all the different experiences you've been through, I'm pretty sure that would influence the way that you parent. Like, so I'm curious, like, how would you describe your parenting style with your kids? Um, I'm definitely a hands-on parent. Um, I know that they, like, I, I laugh lately of, um, this whole, um, now movement on Instagram of like the progressive parent as far as like oh we don't hit our kids we don't scream at our kids we like allow our kids to have an opinion and that's genuinely me like I mean whatever like I I'm I'm a flawed human being right like I'll raise my voice but I also apologize to my kids like I'll be like hey I'm sorry that I raised my voice like and they're like it's okay I'm like actually no it's not okay like I need to like I need to control that right um so I I show them that I'm human and I'm a flawed human and I think that earns the trust of them but I'm I'm very much hands-on like I do things with them like my love language is quality time. So I spend as much time with my kids as I possibly can, right? Like we, we like go out, we'll go to the children's museum. Sometimes we'll have like dance parties in the living room. (laughs) Um, But, and I, I, I genuinely allow them to be a free thinker, right? Like they can correct me if I'm wrong and I don't get offended by it. And I think a lot of people should like focus on that or like, kids are genuinely growing. They're trying to navigate their world. They need to be able to feel safe and you're unfortunately their safe person. So I try to be as safe as possible in the moments that I am not safe with them, right? By like raising my voice, because that is unfortunately damaging to them. I also like 
give them opportunity to see what a reconciliation looks like and a repair of a relationship looks like when I'm being transparent and apologizing to them. Mm -hmm. I say it all the time. When you look at kids, they're the fastest learners because everything's so brand new to them. They're not quite jaded just yet. You know what I mean? Obviously, um, I'm speaking for kids that haven't undergone crazy trauma at such an early age because um, I'm talking about just in general, if you think of kids, they're almost like a blank canvas in terms of like, literally their receptors are open to everything that's going on around them. So they're picking up things left and right. And they are keen observers. Mm -hmm. They will watch your every move. I'm, I, I am blessed to have a super close relationship with my godchildren, my nieces and nephews, and I love them. They love me. I hope they do. (laughs) I I spent a lot of time with them and, you know, I genuinely try to speak to them um, and just, you know, let them be heard and stuff like that. And, um, but honestly, it's just so fun to observe them and watch them grow because they're literally picking things up left and right. And sometimes you're just like, where the hell did you learn that from? Like, when did you start using that word? Or like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, we got like in knowing that as a parent and God willing, at some point when I, uh, you know, when the universe is deemed. So I I feel like when I have kids, I want to be able to just, I guess, um, kind of be that way for them in terms of the way that you kind of just described, you know, just kind of letting, helping them learn, but being their, you know, their safe space, just, just kind of helping them, helping guide them and things like that. So, um, when you were going through your own trauma and your own childhood and stuff like that, did that kind of make you want to completely change your parenting style? Obviously, like you don't want them to go through as the difficulty, like the difficulty that you went through. But what about your childhood really kind of like made you select the the parenting style that you have? Um. Well, I mean, I think one, <laughs> not definitely not being um, in a house where it was safe to vocalize yourself was probably the most important, um, aspect of it. Um, but also just, I think a lot of it like really like stemmed from, you know, like psychology, right? Like I learning, you know, things that are like damaging to kids. I think that was also an element of like my parenting style. Um, but I also have like 12 nieces and nephews. So like I was raised, um, like I lived with my sister for a while and she had like a daughter and I was always like with her daughter, like she was basically my kid. Um, so like, I, I genuinely had that experience. Um, and I also worked at a daycare, like through like most of my high school, like during the summer too. So, um, yeah, just like seeing like very calm and, um, calm environments where kids were who were you know obviously acting out because of whatever circumstance um allowed me to like really like hone in on that like nurture (laughs) that nurture but you know I always say like I I always wanted to be like the mother that like I know that my mom wanted to be um because you know like my mom died like right before I turned two years old and um, any experience that like 
anything that I experience in terms of like what people say about her has like always been like, wow, your mom loved you guys so much. She was like always present. She, you know, she, she was the fun aunt and stuff like that. And so I, I genuinely contribute, um, my parenting to, to her. Right. Like, cause she didn't get to like experience that with us. Wow, that's beautiful. You know, so it's like a homage to your mom and, you know, and just paying respects to her and just wanting to be the best you can be for your kids and for yourself and for your mom. Right. It's a beautiful thing Um, that actually, as you were saying that, like I just recently did a podcast episode with my boy Hatch, OG Hatch, um, and his father was murdered at the age of when he was when he was three years old. And so I. I can't say that I can understand what that is because I had both my parents, even though they broke up when I was eight years old, you know what I mean? It was, but I had my mom, I could, I still had access to her and my dad. And um, so I can't even begin to fully comprehend what that feeling is to lose a parent at that age, especially when you need so much from your parents at that age. So I just, and, and, and just seeing your story, continue to come full circle like it it is it's just a testimony to your strength and your faith who you point you know you point to god a lot um and it's just it's incredible so that's why i know like i really believe the work that you're doing is gonna produce so much fruit for you and your loved ones um, because you have the intention of helping other people and trev asked this in the podcast that you guys did but maybe we could just talk about this a little bit more um why, why do you feel like it's important for you to help other people? I think so many people are just genuinely lost. Um, and people are seekers, right? Like they're always looking for answers. They're trying to get to know themselves on a personal, personal level. Um, and not just a clinical level, right? Like, um, you can go through all of the therapy that you want, but like, who, like, who are you, right? Like, who are you like in this world? Like, what does that mean for you? Um, and I, and I struggled with that. Like I struggled, you know, in terms of like relationships or being around people, um, and the expectations that people have on you. And, for me, it's like, how can, how can I help people like authentically live their truth? Like, how can I get people to like, actually, you know, um, defy all odds, um, or defy the, the, you know, the direction of the world to like genuinely be who they are, like who God or, you know, the universe intended them to, um, but I think also for me, like, I wish, I wish I had that growing up. Right. Like, and I, not to say that I didn't have really good mentors, um, during that time of like, you know, my adolescence, but it's like, I, I wish someone would have gave me these tools sooner. Like, I wish I would have known this. Um, and not that I regret anything that happened in my life, but it's like, would my life look differently? Probably. I can still be thankful for like the experiences, but I also could be open and receptive to the idea of my life have taken a completely different course if someone had already like given me the tools for this. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
that's um well great answer first of all like I, I really appreciate that answer and you know it's um sometimes when we look back on life and I'm guilty of this myself you know you kind of I guess our trauma becomes so much of who we think we are right it, we feel like it's so much of who we think we are that it we feel like it's in a part of our identity identity that we just can't change when that's really not the case right we we always every day we get a chance to wake up is a new chance to make progress towards reinventing ourselves towards learning something new towards changing our entire experience of life right and i think that trauma sometimes can be so deep in terms of and and it's so hurtful that like and it's so heavy right that you just like can't help but hold on but when you learn to practice acceptance and letting it go and uh, making peace with it, right? That can really propel you to move forward at an even like faster pace. And then thus enhancing your like entire experience of life. Right. I, I really feel like you see it that way because you strike me as such an optimistic person and you know what I mean? Like you just got a lot going on for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Which is really dope to see. And I'm, I'm glad we connected, but so I'm curious because you, you have done work in the mental health space and, you know, you continue to do work in that space. And like you mentioned, um, you're studying to become a therapist. I'm curious from, from my personal standpoint, and, and I definitely feel like I want to revisit this at some point. I'd love to have you on here when you eventually are like a therapist. I know you mentioned like, you're not going to be like a practicing, practicing therapist. Right. But I was, I was curious from my end because trauma is a really difficult thing to deal with if you don't know what you're doing, right? If you don't quite know how to process it. I was always curious about a therapist's approach to not only dealing with their own trauma, but dealing with the trauma that's being kind of like vomited on them. You know what I'm saying? Like when people are kind of yeah. in their office and stuff <laughs> like that. So I'm curious, like, what, what is that process like? Um, I mean, I have my own therapist <laughs> um, and whatever, like I probably don't like meet her right at this point in my life or whatever, but it is good, right? Like to, to be able to dump your shit on somebody else. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and, you know, so it's that, but I think I also, you know, do a lot of things that are intentional or whatever of like grounding myself, right? Like I try to be very intentional about like Mondays, like Mondays, I tend to like not do any work, right? Because that's the only day consistently every week that I have to myself where I don't have kids. Um, and so Mondays for me are always like my days of rest, right? So I will, um, yeah, just do things for myself, right? Like clean my house, like organize, um, take myself out to like get food or whatever the case may be. Like I, it's completely shameless. And then always like ending my week. Like I see my therapist like every Friday or we Zoom or whatever the case might be. Like we talk on the phone, like every Friday, like that's how I end my week. So I, I start my week or whatever with like being very intentional about the time that I'm spending by myself to kind of like get a start on my week. And then I always end it with the like, this is, this needs to like de-stress from everything that happened this week. So it's really about balance. I think people need to like really learn how to take time for themselves and like actually spend time alone. But I don't think a lot of people are comfortable with that, right? Like the ego dying is so foreign to people. Like the idea of spending time with them is like 
jumping off a bridge, um, right? Like even if they are alone, then they're scrolling on Instagram or they have to talk on the phone, they have to do this, they have to do that versus like, can it, can you actually sit in peace by yourself, right? Like, can you actually like just journal and write and color, do whatever you need to do or whatever to be in that safe space? It's like when we, when we genuinely feel that our bodies are secret and it's safe enough for us to be in it, that's, that's true healing. That's when we actually grow. That's peace. That's peace. That inner peace. <laughs> that's, and that's peace. wow, you, you honestly, throughout this conversation, I feel like you've touched on so many different things that I'm like, we could make like entire episodes on certain topics. <laughs> yeah. And, and one, one being that you just kind of like briefly touched on was the fact that like some people are scared to be by themselves. I, I clearly just told you earlier, I, I'm not sure if we recorded this, but it was maybe in our pre-brief that I definitely was somebody that for the life of me could not be alone. Like I just was like, I needed to either be around some friends or family, or I needed to do something to distract me from me because my mind was racing at such incredible rates. And I was just like, if I felt that if I was alone with me, myself and I, something bad was going to happen. You know what I'm saying? And it was just a very scary thing to do. And what you said was so important about just like really just forcing yourself to be on your own and just like learn who you are. Because when I did that, yeah, it was scary at first, you know, when I first took up meditation and when I first took up journaling and, and being by myself and going to places by myself, I got to genuinely know who I am. And then through that process, you know what you're not too, right? You know that like your experiences doesn't have to define who you are. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like through that, through those moments of clarity, it just pieces together so much more of an optimistic type of outlook. And then you kind of take that journey inwards. That's really what that, that journey is, right? You go inwards. And now I'm pretty sure for you, like you recognize that when you go inwards, this is like, you have this infinite well of like potential, right? Yeah. Right. It's almost like, yeah, I was this way for so long, but that doesn't mean that I can't learn something new that I don't have much more to give or much more to offer. And then you recognize your value. You recognize how you can help other people. And that seems to me like that's what you're doing right now in this very moment with, with the work that you're doing. Now I want to shift it, shift this conversation to the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about reclaimed a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the mission behind it. Um, I'm pretty, you know, throughout this conversation, you've already talked about so much that I feel like ties into your brand. But let's let's let you get more granular and really explain it and, and just dive into it a little bit more. How is uh, what is the mission behind reclaimed? Reclaimed is genuinely people getting back to individuality. <laughs> that's that's genuinely what it is, right? Um, of how people can be more of themselves and not necessarily look at something, their trauma as who they are or their behaviors and actions as who they are but more so in a sense of a result of something that was like essentially like positioned on them. Um, so it starts with um, 
an identity breakdown, right? Like who are you genuinely, right? Like what, what does like nature and nurture, like how does nature and nurture like play a part in like who you are? How does trauma play a part in who you are? Um, then there's, you know, a bunch of like different like journal prompts throughout it, um, like self-reflective journal prompts and stuff like that for people to do like after like essentially every exercise, I think it's 25 modules. Um, I think, yeah, like 25 different like modules and stuff like that. And there's like journal prompts and videos throughout the entire thing. There's also two different exercises. So there's like a huge universal needs list. And there's also this like values exercise. Like I complete the values exercise every six months. It's just something that I do, especially when I'm like setting new goals for myself, just making sure that like the goals that I'm setting are still aligned with my values. And I feel mm -hmm. like that's very important <laughs> for people um, to continue to do. But yeah, it's really about like unpacking all of the things that we've told ourselves or everything that we hear on the media and getting back to the root of who we are, like a side of trauma, right? Like we, we aren't our trauma, right? Like we can't control our circumstances or our relationships when we're operating out of trauma. Um, we need to genuinely heal that aspect of us in order to begin deepening the relationship that we have with ourselves and others. Beautifully said, beautifully said, and great brand. You guys are doing fantastic work over there. And I know you're all doing it independently. You also wrote a book. The book <laughs> is called um, Sober Minds Flying Free. Yeah. Can you talk about that? The whole process, I, like actually one of my biggest goals and i I fully intend on fulfilling this goal is to write at least one book before my time is up on earth. Uh, maybe, maybe a few, uh, I have to kind of just let that pen flow and just let it do it, let it do its thing. But again, when the universe deems that the time is right, I'll, it, it will be done. You know what I mean? So I'm curious about this book. Um, you know, the process behind it, I just want you to speak on it. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so it's actually a poetry book and it's, it's genuinely the, um, the relationship that I had with my ex, a little bit of the relationship that I had with my dad and how that in, played a part in the relationships that I was choosing. Um, and yeah, so like it, it went from like, you know, the abuse that I endured, how I felt in those moments, um, essentially me leaving and then eventually like finding peace. So that's why it's like sober minds is because like, I'm actually putting everything out there of like the most intimate, like moments of my life. Like, I think I even talked about like falling into like a huge depression during that time. Um, and then being able to like actually release that anger and resentment that I had for my ex and like genuinely like extend grace to him and like offer grace to him. So, yeah, <laughs> it's just essentially, yeah, just like a bunch of different poems um, of, of, yeah, of those moments of being there and like feeling trapped and feeling afraid and feeling alone and isolated and stuff like that. You mentioned also that you are writing another book. Is that, is that right? Yeah. What's this one going to be about? Um, well, I'm actually writing two because I'm, wow. 
Look I'm at you, overachiever. I, I'm a, no, I'm a little bit of a squirrel. So I have to like bounce from like, pro, like not project <laughs> to project, but I'm like, okay, well, this one sounds good for here. And then, yeah. So um, I'm writing two. like one of them is essentially about my life. Um, and then the other one is going to be called get out your own way. And it's essentially a, a, a book about healing, right? Like getting out of your own way, getting out of the like mindset and the limitations that you impose on yourself, um, such as procrastination, right? Like viewing your trauma from very tainted lens. Um, you essentially like being in relationships or whatever that are actually like inconducive to your growth and your healing. So yeah, it's, it's going to be great. Both of them will be great, but I'm excited for both. <laughs> Sounds like you got a lot of great things cooking up, honestly. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to what you got to give. Um, and you know, the mission that you're, you're standing behind and standing on and it's just dope to see. So, um, yeah, that's so dope. Um, now I really wanted to talk about a couple other things real quick before we kind of wrap this up. Not yeah. really real quick, but I want to be respectful of your time. Um, we talked about your kids. We talked about um, we talked about a lot of the stuff that you do in terms of handling your own trauma and other people's trauma and stuff like that. I'm curious. Uh, something. This is something I wanted to ask you because I think you referenced it in the podcast with Smooth again. Um, so you and your current boyfriend right now are practicing celibacy, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Wow. Wow. Okay. So I'm curious <laughs> about that because, yo, that is uh first of all, kudos to both of y'all. Uh, I, I, from my understanding, you guys are um, in a long distance relationship. And so, you know, that already in itself is tough. Um, so I'm curious, why did you choose to start practicing celibacy? Why did the both of you choose to do that? And, and then we'll get into what you're getting from practicing celibacy yeah um well he started he started like going to um like this church and it's all about um rebuilding the man and um yeah so just essentially how um the negative impacts of sex right like force people to be unconscious right or maybe like stay in relationships like longer than they've served its purpose because of that like sexual dynamic um but also realizing that like sex is intended or whatever to be between like two people who are married and who obviously intend to have children together um so the idea is like if we can if we want to rebuild the family structure, the nuclear family structure, we can't continue to have sex outside of wedlock because that just continues to create children who are built outside of marriage. And the idea of families, you know, like them having children is the idea that like the family will stay together, that they'll stay, you know, like they'll stay in tangent. So that, yeah. So that whole idea. Um, and so, yeah, he presented it to me and was like, Hey, we got to stop having sex. And I was like, all right, tell me why. Wow. Um, um, and so, so it was his idea. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, wow. um, which is 
it's fine. Like, I mean, me and my ex, like we stopped having sex or whatever, like nine months before we got married. And that was my idea. Like, and this was when I was like returning to like, when I returned back to like God, um, or I was like, we can't be doing this. Like we can't keep having sex outside of marriage. Um, but yeah, so I think what we've really got out of it, I mean, I feel like for the most part, like our relationship has always been like fairly, like we've always done other things together and always like talked about like numerous topics, um, as I've said before, but I think it, it really is about discipline. Like that's one thing that I've really, like really realized is like, it's, it's genuinely like strengthening, like our discipline of, um, standing on our like truth and our word of the things that we say that we don't want to do like I feel like that makes us like a little bit more authentic in that um but yeah just being able to like find new outlets like okay like what can we do right like if we typically will have sex now like let's go out let's go do something let's watch like let's have fun um so like I said, I don't necessarily feel like there's been like a huge like strength in terms of like not having sex, like outside of marriage, because we've, we've always like had a relationship outside of sex, like, especially being in a long distance relationship, like, right. Our, our communication has to be on par. Um, but it really, it, it really is about like practicing self-discipline mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. like, being truthful and honest and I think that's kind of where we're at right now like in our life it's like we can't keep sharing um sharing our truth with other people and we're not necessarily living it so like how can we actually practice what we're preaching well being an example right being an example Mm -hmm. wow that's uh valiant of both of you guys it's just like kudos that's that takes like you said a lot of Mm self-discipline and um I'm curious like what are you getting out of it now like how is how is your relationship blossomed how is your connection strengthened i'm sure that this this does a lot or 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 has it been the opposite way like like you tell me <laughs> um, i mean like i said i feel like we've always had like a pretty like solid like like connection um and the sex right like i feel like people idolize this idea of like needing sex in order to feel connected to another human being. And that's typically the reason why people do it is like, Oh, I want to feel connected. I want to feel good. Right. Like, or they're like, not even consciously do like having sex. They're just doing it just, just for the sake of it. Um, And there's different ways to be intimate. So I think the strength is finding new ways to be, intimate, finding new ways to be connected. Um, How can we respect each other's, both each other's bodies and spaces without like having, like taking it to that level? Wow. That's, that's incredible. What are you guys doing for yourselves to, to do that? Like to kind of um, find new ways to be intimate? Um, taking walks, (laughs) simple things, huh? I mean, like we're in a long distance relationship, right? So like, we like, I don't know, like maybe see each other like once a month, like sometimes like once every two months. So I think that definitely helps that, (laughs) that aspect of like us not like doing it as much, but 
it's not, it's not something that we struggled with on the phone, right? Like we, we didn't really like talk, we didn't ever talk about sex over the phone. So like, it was just more so about like being in person where we couldn't stop touching each other. Um, so yeah. <laughs> That's real cool. That's real cool. It sounds to me like just the simplicity of life is enough to really. Oh, and then we like just like doing prayers together, right? Like, or we'll go to church together. I feel like that's intimate, right? Like, I oh, think totally. There was like this one experience, like he does like a silent prayer, which is essentially kind of like meditation, right? Like, um, and like I meditate, and we like there was one time or whatever where we like <laughs> sat and did the silent prayer, and I was like. I felt so connected to him like and that was the most like intimate part of like our relationship being in that moment of like sitting in silence like trying to um essentially conquer our ego there was like just something so profound in that moment where it was like we were connecting in such a like spiritual spiritual way so yeah Wow, that's dope. It's almost like your souls, it's not even, you're just having out-of-body experiences where your souls are just connecting on a, a different level, huh? Yeah. Wow, that's that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, now, I don't know how long I could do that if I were to commit to something like that, but it is cool to get some insight into, you know, what happens. Um, but I respect you guys for doing that for sure. And um, it seems to me that it's it's only contributing to your mission as a person, your work, your truth, as you, as you mentioned, you know, I believe firmly in standing in your truth, living in your truth, because that's where authenticism is, right? Like you being yourself, nobody else could be you. You're one of one, right? Like, and when we try to be something, we're not a lot of suffering can come from that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. yeah. And you, so you actually mentioned something earlier too, and you kind of touched on it real quick in your, your talk just right now, about ego death and just kind of like the death of the ego. So um, again, another interview I did recently with my boy Cam from the Unbiased Truth podcast, he detailed his whole experience with ego death. And I'm curious from your standpoint, why do we feel like the ego needs to die in order for us to, I don't know, um, why, why, why do we, feel like the ego needs to die because the ego presents itself as us (laughs) um we will ego is all about like needing to get something right like I think um there was I guess I'll, I'll just kind of like touch on like an experience or whatever that I had um there was this guy that I was like dating and I didn't really want to be with him right like I think but there was like that chase like for me like it was always about like a chase like I was like like I want this and then once I got it like I didn't really want it um but that's ego right like any time that we are doing something in order to feel good about ourselves or feel better about ourselves or feel accomplished, that's our ego. Like we are, we aren't being authentic to who we are. We're forging our way to get to that place in order to um, 
yeah, to feel better about ourselves or yeah, anything like even, even in terms of, right, like a podcast or um, the webinar I'm doing, like my ego is saying like, no, this needs to happen immediately. Like this needs to take off immediately. I have a plan for this. I need, I need this done. I need to be making this much money by this point. But the reality is actually sitting through the growth pains of what it means to be an entrepreneur. Like your ego is telling you the plan, but like the reality is that you have to grow through those moments. Like you have to be able to release something is typically your own expectations to get a result. The moment we hold on to expectations, we're living in fear, we're living in our ego. Got you. So um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with who Wayne Dyer is. Have you no. heard of Wayne Dyer? Um, he passed away a few years ago, but he's one of, he's known as one of like the most uh, well-known um, spiritual leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, look him up when you get a chance, if you, if you so please. But um, he has, he refers to ego as EGO, edging God out. Mm. So it's like, so it's like, you know, when you are living from the ego standpoint, like you mentioned, like you're edging God out, like you're not allowing God in your life to guide wow. your life. Right. And um, I thought I always thought that was so like fascinating. And so, so like, it, like such a great way of looking at ego. And actually I was just having a conversation with my best friend, one of my best friends actually um, about ego and, you know, it gets such a bad rap, you know what I'm saying? For sure. Like, and I understand why, because a lot of things are built on ego. A lot of you know, when, when you're, when things are built on ego, it's on shaky ground, right? It's like, but when it's built on a foundation of purity, truth, love, all these like beautiful God-like um, qualities, then it's the foundation is solid and it can never be broken. Right. So I feel like also at the same time, I was kind of thinking about it. I was like, um, I, if I'm not mistaken, the actual definition of ego, like the Webster's dex, uh, definition of ego is it's like your, your own self-worth, like the value of your self-worth is, is what um, the definition in the dictionary says, if, if I'm not mistaken. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, this, like, what higher purpose can ego serve, though? Or like, can it even serve a higher purpose to like help us get to what we want to do, help us bring out our mission to, to life. And I was curious, like, what do you think on that? Like, is there a, a purpose that ego can serve that's in a good way? I don't think so. I think especially in terms of like spirituality, ego, ego tells us that we accomplished that mission, right? Like that we did it all of ourselves versus being able to be like, wow, but God, God gave me this, right? Like, or the universe gave me this or whoever like people believe in when we, when we operate from the, from ego, like, like you said, like we genuinely leave God out of the equation. Like it's, it's self-servient to us to accomplish that, that we don't even like realize that like, if, if we accomplish something in our life, like God gave that to us, God made that possible. 
but we're like, oh, me, 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 because we're human, right? Like we want to take ownership of our accomplishments, not realizing that there's always a higher power that's actually orchestrating that exact divine plan. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just like, in order for the things that we want to like manifest in our life, um, sometimes we just need to get out of our own way and let the universal intelligence do its work right and just kind of play our role and you know sometimes that ego is standing in the way so i, I really like the way you put that um wow honestly stacy this has like been a great conversation i've learned a lot from you um and, and definitely appreciate the work that you're doing and you know before we wrap up here because again i want to be respectful of your time um i kind of want to ask you to leave the audience and myself of course some some like key practices that you can do right now to kind of help you have a better mental health, like just like have um, a healthier mind. Yeah. Um, definitely meditation, right? Like meditating, like in the morning when you wake up, right? Like I, I genuinely believe of the idea of like continuous prayer, um, throughout your day. Right. And that is just like whispering, like, sweet moments to yourself of Mm. checking in right like checking in like okay how am I feeling right like what is like what's my body doing like doing body scans and one thing that you want to do with body scan is essentially like paying attention right like tightening all of your body and releasing it and then trying to figure out where in your body like you're holding tension um and bringing awareness to that but also slow down people move too fast (laughs) people move too fast and when we're moving too fast we can't think straight like there's no stillness in that so it's like taking little moments to actually complete tasks right without procrastinating which I do often but like taking little moments to like actually take your time like trying to discover like, why am I doing this? Like, what, what is this reaction getting, right? Like, what am I trying to accomplish in these moments? So, yeah, I think that's kind of little things that you can do to keep yourself and say, no, say, say no, please. It's okay. It's okay to say say no. No No is a complete sentence. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Don't let nobody make you feel bad for saying that's that, for right? sure. <laughs> it's like, that's basically the same thing as set, setting healthy boundaries, saying Absolutely. no, and just really doing it for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I appreciate you saying that stuff because those are simple practices. I feel like anybody that picks that up, they can start beginning to implement that into their life right now. Just mm-hmm. take, slow down. You know what I'm saying? Slow down, catch, catch your breath. You know what I'm saying? And pay attention to what your body's telling you. Cause like what we were talking about earlier is like, if you don't pay attention to those whispers, you're going to be forced to deal with something bigger down the line. And it's, uh, it's important that you just pay attention. That body scan thing is perfect. I do that a lot actually too, in my daily meditations is just literally closing my eyes and just letting, just scanning, just Mm -hmm. noticing where I'm holding tension and just try to pay attention to that area and let that area just like release that tension. And it, you know, to some, it might sound like it's a woo 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 type of thing, but it's like real talk that mind body connection that you have can do so much in terms of making your body feel a whole lot better. It's like, I really believe in this saying where it's like you train the mind and the body will follow, you know what I'm saying? And um, I really believe that. And, 
yeah, before we get out of here, Stacy, is there anything I want to just give you this space right now to just kind of speak on something that you feel like we didn't get a chance to talk about? I know that I want to get you on here at some point if you're willing to ever do it again. Yeah. You know what I mean? At some point down the line. But before we get on out of here, I want to give you some space to just share anything that you felt like you kind of wanted to touch on or or just leave us with some extra jams. You've dropped so much on us already, but if you, you this yeah, is no, I think we covered a lot. Like I, you know, I can't express enough the idea of people just being alone, right? Like there's, there's nothing external that will ever give us the answers that we need unless we go inward. And so I just really want to express that to people and for people to like, really, if you get anything out of that, this entire conversation, like, please take hold of that. (laughs) Well said, well said. I uh, follow this uh, account on Instagram. You might follow this account too. It's called, uh, it's by Young Pueblo. And he has a book uh, Mm -hmm. titled Inward. It's beautiful book. And his quotes are just amazing. And it really just helps guide, you know, the user or the person um, inward into their own selves, you know what I mean? And just really exploring it with a a sense of curiosity, a sense of like fearlessness, because, you know, our temples are really, it's just, it's, it's really hard to put it into words, like what that means. You really have to experience it yourself. So what I feel like you said right there is super important for people to grasp hold of. But um on that note, Stacy, thank you so much. This thank was a you. beautiful conversation. Um, I really enjoyed it and I appreciate your time and all the gems that you dropped. And, you know, I, I really wish you continued success and I can't wait to see what life has in store for you. Wow. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And until the next time, y'all, this is the end of the episode. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Thank you so much for showing love and support to the podcast and to the brand. Until next time, y'all, stay up and stay blessed. Peace.